For over 100 years, the Grand Rapids Chamber has been a force for good. Our methods may have changed, but we are still creating a thriving and prosperous West Michigan for all. Para todos. For all. This is the Back to Business Podcast with your Grand Rapids Chamber. Welcome to the Back to Business Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Smithy. Today, we have someone special. We have uh, our chamber champion here, Carl Verbeek. Carl, thanks for coming out on the show. Glad to be here. And Carl, um, give us a little bit of your background. Where, you know, you have this chamber champion designation uh, because of your involvement with the chamber. How long have you been involved with the chamber? And tell, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I've been a lawyer at Varnum since 1962. And in that role, I was involved with different areas of controversy. Usually, I was in representing employers. And there were a number of issues that were coming along that employers were concerned about to try to get some help with the chamber in lobbying or helping to understand what was going on in either DC or Lansing. So I thought in order to be a better help to my clients that I ought to get involved with the chamber and have access to the expertise that the chamber brought. So I started checking what committees were around and what committees could be of some help to my clients as an employment lawyer. And there was something called Clinton Care coming down the road with President Clinton when he was trying to set up a national health care system. And my clients were all uptight about that and worried about what was going to happen, how this was going to work. Because as you recall, the vast majority of employers are the ones that provide health care for their employees. So employees and unions and employers were all getting concerned about how Clinton care was going to happen. So I found out when the, uh, what was then called the Chamber, Chamber Affairs Committee, I think was called, uh, and found out when they were meeting because I thought maybe I had to be invited, but nobody would invite me. So I just found out when they were meeting and showed up and got involved that way uh, and then realized along the way that practically every meeting we had, we were spending most of our time talking about health care. So I thought, well, maybe what we ought to do is have a separate committee or subcommittee that would deal with the health care issues and try to figure out how we were going to handle the whole concept of Clinton care. So that's kind of what introduced me to the... Uh, uh, the chamber idea as an employer representative. And so obviously we're talking Clinton Care. That was quite a while ago. Here we are in 2020. What kept you coming back, coming, you know, staying involved with the chamber, staying involved with those different advocacy issues? Well, I've always been interested in government, and I've always thought it was important for my clients to have connections either in Washington or Lansing or both when they had a particular problem so that we could find the right person in D.C. or in Lansing to try to deal with whatever regulatory or statutory problem they were concerned about. So I saw it as, I'll call it a form of client service, that I would be better equipped to take care of their needs if I knew more people and was connected with people in Lansing and D.C. Along the way, I realized that there were a lot of interesting, good people that I was able to work with on the committees and on the staff. So I just kind of stuck with it, and there's been a lot of staff turnover in the last 30-some years, but I've gotten to know some great people to work with, primarily in the human resources area. Along the way, I became the chair of the chamber board. 
I remember being on the on a street corner one day with one of the then members of the board and saying, uh, where are you going? He said, I'm going to a chamber board meeting. I said, how do you get on the chamber board? He said, well, maybe I can help you. He did. And that's how you got. And uh, from your time on the board, you know, being on the board is a big commitment. It's a big, you know, um, ask to be on the chamber board. Why did you see that as, as valuable? I know you've talked about client and customer care, but why do you see being on the board of the chamber as important? Well, I've always thought that the – I'm a great believer in the, in the economics of the free enterprise system and that we want to make sure that free enterprise is well represented either in D.C. or in Lansing. And I thought, well, okay, if I expect people to be concerned about that and to be interested in doing the hard work of committee work and drafting position statements and so on, that if I wanted people to do that, I ought to be willing to do it myself. So that's how I kind of did it, partly out of selfish motives and partly out of client relations. Okay, awesome. And, you know, you've talked about healthcare and things like that. Did you mainly get involved with the healthcare and the th this healthcare subcommittee uh, because of your clients? Were there other interests wanting to help the community? How did you get so involved in healthcare? Well, first of all, I think that the economy, if you, the economy is critical to a good city or a good region. So if we can make sure that the economy works as well as it can, that that's something that we ought to work on. And I recognize that the political spectrum changes and the pendulum swings back and forth from time to time. And that it would be a good idea to have people that I knew on both sides of the pendulum as it swung back and forth. Because as you know, this area has swung back and forth from time to time between Republican and Democrat. So I thought it was important to know people in both parties and have some connections that would allow me to be a good advocate for things I believe in or thought were important or that my clients needed. Yeah, that's awesome. And you talked about kind of the pendulum swinging back and forth and the different changes that have come to Grand Rapids. Obviously, we've grown a lot, you know, as a city, as a West Michigan region in the last, you know, uh, 20, 30 years. What's some of the biggest changes that you've seen in Grand Rapids, whether for better or for worse? What are some of those biggest changes that you've seen in our region? Well, since I came here in 1962, the whole urban renewal idea had not happened. In the mid-60s, the urban renewal idea happened, and along with that, there was a lot of uh, old buildings that were torn down and new buildings that were built up, including the one we're sitting in. And the, also, the thing that was going on is that the freeways didn't exist. So there was a lot of discussion about, well, should there be freeways, and where should they be located? And the idea of having the freeways crisscross downtown was a complicated question for people to talk about and think through. But in my view, fortunately, they ended up concluding that the two freeways ought to crisscross downtown, which made the downtown area a focal point for what was going on in this community. Now, until about 30 years ago, in the evening, ground, downtown Grand Rapids was pretty sleepy. Uh, that was before the hotel, the uh, Amway Grand Plaza was remodeled, the old Pantland Hotel was very tired. The Morton Hotel was also very tired. We didn't have a dynamic downtown, to put it mildly. But as the Amway Grand Plaza was refurbished and redeveloped and the tower was put on, that was a synergy then for three other downtown buildings that I know would never have been built if that hadn't happened. 
So I was delighted that that happened because it also made my practice at Varnum a more vital practice to be a part of a vital town like this. Yeah, and so you mentioned you came to Grand Rapids some years ago. Where are you originally from? I was born in Byron Center. Okay. And then I moved at age seven to Muskegon, and I moved in junior high to Holland. So I had kind of this triangular view of West Michigan with three very different communities, if you will, and I ended up going to Hope College and then wanting to go to law school, ended up getting a scholarship in Michigan, Chicago, and Indiana, chose to go to Indiana, no regrets. I came back here as a summer associate in 1961 at Varnum, and then they offered me a full-time position the next year. I was the 12th lawyer at Varnum. It's been fun watching it grow to 190. Yeah, I can imagine just watching that growth. So let me ask you, you you know, are from West Michigan, you know, Holland, Muskegon, Byron Center, Grand Rapids, kind of all over the place. What made you decide to stay in Grand Rapids? Certainly, I'm sure there were points in your career, whether it's finishing law school or somewhere down the line where you could have moved on, moved to a different city. What really kept you here in Grand Rapids? Well, I, I'm a relational kind of guy. So I had set up relationships with different organizations and other lawyers in the community that I valued. And <clears throat> I was given opportunities to get involved in a number of nonprofit organizations early on. So those, those nonprofit organizations, as well as the commercial and industrial organizations around here, provided some of the glue for me to be in the community. I had an opportunity to, coming out of law school to go to Fort Wayne, Indiana. And I frankly was offered more money in Fort Wayne than I was offered here. But I knew enough about this community and how it functioned that I thought this would be a better place to try to practice law and it turned out great. Yeah, that's awesome. I know you've talked about you talked about, you know, the relational nature of Grand Rapids. And I think that's something that we hear a lot, at least I know here at the chamber we hear a lot, is just the re relational nature of this city. Do you think that's something that sets us apart from other, you know, similar mid-sized cities? Well, I believe it does. You know, I, I, my law school friends, for example, who went to practice in other Midwest cities, and I have sort of kept track of each other a little bit over the years. And, you know, what was happening here and what was happening in some of those other communities was just different. And this community is so connected that it's a big enough town that big things can happen, but it's a small enough town that you can actually get to know the people who are the movers and shakers and get things done. So I valued that kind of relationship, and I knew that if I went to Chicago, for example, I would never duplicate that. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's one thing that the chamber, and I want your opinion on this, but I think that's one thing that the chamber does really well is we try to connect people with uh, different, you know, people who are making it happen, like events that are breakfast with legislators where we connect people with different lawmakers and stuff like that. And, you know, you kind of touched on that a little bit, but I think that's also part of one of the things that makes the chamber special. Well, one of the nice things is that the movers and shakers in this community are approachable they really will let you get to know them. They will work on issues with you, and they will give you their insight on what they think the right solution is to a problem once it's been identified. And I've gotten to work with some great chamber staff over the years, some of whom have moved on to other jobs, either in Lansing or somewhere else. But in each case, I learned something from them, and I hope they learned something from me about how this community ought to function so that we could get the best of everybody.
Yeah, and speaking of the best of everybody, you know, we've talked about some of the different problems that Grand Rapids has and, you know, some of the growth things. What do you see as something that Grand Rapids currently now and looking into the future can do better? What's something that you would like to see us improve on as a city, as a West Michigan region? Well, I guess what I would say, I'm really looking for ways for this community to be recognized for what it is. For example, one of my ideas is that we ought to market this West Michigan area with a label that deals with the medical and healthcare stuff that we're doing. Uh, frankly, I'm a little tired of hearing about the medical mile. I think what we ought to do is create the Grand Clinic that would in be inclusive of all of the other resources in this community that aren't just on Michigan Street so that we could market this area We've invested billions of dollars in our healthcare facilities in this community, both in terms of people and equipment, but we have more clout than we're using to become a medical destination. And I think that requires the collaboration of all of the bigger players in town, as well as the smaller ones. I've been on the Holland Home Board for more than 30 years. I just moved into one of our residences uh, two months ago. But in that role, I got to know a lot of wonderful people uh, and other nonprofits that I was invited to be a part of, the, either on a committee or on the board, gave me relationships that I know you can't duplicate in other communities. When I've talked to my law school peers, and I'll use the term for it, Wayne or Indianapolis, for example, they didn't seem to have the same opportunities as this community provided. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I'm wondering, you know, you've talked about the importance of being involved and all of these boards that you serve on. Um, do you see yourself, you know, slowing down, like, you know, stepping back from the boards, or do you find it important to keep going, to stay involved, to be on all these different boards? Well, <clears throat> to some degree, the term limits have an effect on board members as well as the legislature. So most of the boards I'm on do have term limits. In some cases, they will waive the term limit, or they will elect you anyhow if your term is up. So I've been privileged in some cases to have rather long relationships with some of these boards and committees. Excuse me. Uh, I think that whole like, question of how you keep the momentum of people who have invested time and energy training about the community, that how we figure out to get the best of what they already know so that we can put it all together and get the system to work as well as it can. That's, I think, a problem that we have with the idea of term limits both in Lansing and in terms of some of our board structure. So I I am no, I said I've been on the Holland Home Board for most of the last 30 years. Because I'm now a resident, I can't be on the board, which is fine, I understand that. But that's an example of where there's a built-in limit to what you can do on a particular board. I've typically volunteered to stay on the board as long as they'll keep me. Yeah, that's awesome. and. You know, for people that are, are younger, maybe just graduating college, coming back to or maybe moving to Grand Rapids, those young professionals, would you say how would you know, would you say it's important for them to get involved like you did, you know, uh, maybe not necessarily on the Holland Home Board, but just to get involved in the community? Absolutely. And every nonprofit there are some great nonprofits in this community. Almost all of them could use the wisdom of a good lawyer if there nothing else to help them review their bylaws, their corporate structure, those kinds of things, those are things that 
nonprofits often need and are shy about asking for. But I've tried to do that on boards I'm on. I've also recommended other people, other lawyers and other businessmen to be on, business people, not just men, to be on these boards. That's a wonderful way to get acquainted with other people and really make a, a contribution to the welfare of the community. Awesome. Carl, I want to thank you for coming out on the show today and congratulate you for being our chamber champion this year. I know that um, everyone on our staff that knows you has said great things about you and is really thankful for the commitment that you've had for the cha- had to the chamber. So, Carl, thanks for coming on the show today. Oh, you're welcome. I've been honored.